Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quiz Hunt Off Podcast once again. I'm Josh Evanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Uh, admittedly, there's not a whole lot to talk about this week. Obviously, we got Bellator MMA versus Ryzen going down New Year's Eve besides Sama Super Arena. We also got a bit of, uh, you know, we have multiple fight announcements to go over. As well as talking about the news before we get into all of the action. As always, we're brought to you by Rogue Energy and Elixir. That is code sound off, uh, for 10% off of all the, for both of those, uh, websites. Rogue Energy, as I've always mentioned, fantastic sponsor of the show since, really since we started, you know. Hope you guys used our code for Christmas and got some people some nice stuff. If you're looking for stuff on the opposite end of the of the uh, spectrum, elixir.com, Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. Make sure you're in a state where they can legally ship to you. I know I am, so I spent my Christmas uh, getting fucked up on Delta 8 gummies. So, Angel, how was your Christmas, man? I know that, uh, <laughs> 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 no, for real, though. I mean, you know, it's, we don't really, you know, the whole lot, not a whole lot to talk about this week. So, you do, you do anything fun, my guy? No, I mean, I, I worked, you know, I took, I decided to go in and get some extra hours in and get a little bit of double pay. Just have a little bit of extra cash going into only next year. There's some stuff I want to do and get done. And, you know, I got, I mean, these bills don't, these bills don't pay themselves. Josh. I mean, I don't make millions of dollars off this podcast. And, uh, well, not, well, not yet. I mean, let's be and honest. It, and, it, and it funds my gambling addiction, but, you know, <laughs> I, I need to still work. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, but I know I get it. I mean, and, and speaking of, you know, the way to fund that is, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this. I'm going to give this, I'm giving this a cheap plug right at the top of the show. Because I actually have not mentioned it outside of my own Instagram. We have a TikTok account. It pained me to make it. I have zero interest in TikTok. But yeah, I like how you have a TikTok. Uh, you're, by the way, I'm cutting you off here. But I, know, I like how you have your own TikTok account, your personal account. And uh, I don't know if you saw my TikTok account, Josh. You saw you followed me. Yeah. I literally only follow one account and uh, and have one follower. And that's the, uh, the <laughs> podcast account. Yeah. And the other account I follow. Is the podcast account? That's I literally get on TikTok. For, I don't like getting on TikTok. I actually went down the TikTok rabbit hole at one point, not like regularly watching or following people, but finding myself like scrolling for a long time and then being like, "Oh, dude, this shit is fucking terrible." Well, yeah, and I mean, and there's some good content out there. Yeah, there is some, including the court that sound off. If you guys want to go ahead and follow us there, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I made my own just because I'm like, what if I ever do want to. You know, what if I ever do want to go ahead and look at stuff on TikTok? You know what I mean? And, and, and if you did come from there, you know, sh- you know, much appreciated. You know, I hope you guys stick around and hope you continue to like our, the content we're making because it's only going to get better. And our consistency is fucking wild right now. I mean, Josh, we went yeah. from uh, recording that first episode together to being like, dude, uh, I, you know, not knowing if we were going to talk next week or not. And uh, fucking 198, 199 or whatever the fuck it is weeks yeah, later. Yeah, some crazy. We're still here. Through COVID, Josh, through no sports, we found a way to get on each, on each week and still fucking talk. Yeah, exactly. We're always consistent, and uh, that's what my goal is for and, – and I'm sure some people are already aware of the fact that we are doing TikTok because I've uploaded some YouTube shorts, which have also killed it, and I'm very much indebted to you guys because without those YouTube shorts, 
we would not have hit 50,000 views on the YouTube channel this year. You know, we came in right at the right at the uh, end of the month. This this month of December, we had 5,000 views or over 5,000, which really clutched up and took us, and we were very thankful for that. And that was like the greatest, uh, the greatest Christmas gift I could have gotten. You know, so right. Very thankful to you guys, and we uh, we appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, 2023 continue. It will be an excellent year. I told Angel, we're fucking, we're going guns out for 2023, boys. We got, we got some big things in mind. Um, I specifically do for like the TikTok. I know Angel has some, some creative ideas as well, and we're super excited to share them with you over the next 12 months. But um, by the way, I have a question for you. Did you yeah. ever think back in 2010 when you were uploading those wrestling videos in your backyard? <laughs> did you ever think that this YouTube channel, formerly known as the KWF brand, no. Would ever reach 50,000 views? No, I did not. I did not expect it. And we're also closing in on 1,000 subscribers, too. We've gotten 10 subs over the last week just alone. So. Shout out to all those people who subbed. Shout out to all those people who subbed. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, it's been a... Hey, uh, fuck you to the one person that unsubscribed. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. Um, or girl, we don't judge. Yeah, no, we're not sexist, but fuck you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, but for I think it's probably about time to break into the action because we got a uh, look to no UFC, no boxing to recap, nothing to really talk about from the last week. But God damn it, Bellator MMA and Ryzen are putting together a hell of a end of the year show at the Sayatama Super Arena in Japan. That was uh, the venue that Pride used to use all the time for all of the, uh, the younger fans who may not be aware. So there's a lot going to this one, and I'm very, very excited about it. It's going to be on pay-per-view, which these guys don't normally do. I mean, I guess I'm pretty sure we'll air on Showtime in the U.S., but if you don't have Showtime, you can buy it on pay-per-view too. Um, but look, dude, holy shit, what a card. The main card is going to have Fighters and Bellator going up against Fighters from Ryzen, the best of the best. Um, they're, not just, they're not going out there and not, they're not putting fucking – uh, I can't even, I don't want to insult anybody, but they're not going out there and plucking some guy from the Bellator YouTube prelims and putting him out there. No, it's fucking AJ McKee, Patricio Pitbull, Koji Horiguchi, Juan Archuleta, the best of the best, and Ryzen, Roberto D'Souza, you know, going out there against AJ McKee. And they have a couple of other guys we'll talk about and kind of give you guys some uh, some thoughts on them because we don't really talk about Ryzen too much. And I feel like a lot of Western fans don't know much about it, but Angel, first of all, it's the only fight card this weekend. What's your excitement level, man? I mean, I know that we've personally hyped up this card a fair bit. I don't. I'm not seeing much traction on like MMA websites, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on uh, this event we got this weekend? I mean, I think it could be even the year, Josh. I mean, literally as late as it can be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, as far as just the whole, I mean, the 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 promos they put out, the the samurai and like the gladiator or I don't even know what you call it. Uh, the, the, uh, the Bellator, you know, person they put in, uh, in their promo looks cool too. Mm-hmm. And as far as, uh, the fact that it's in the Saitama super arena, they were, they, they, I think they were hoping they were trying to get the pride lady, but, uh, she, I don't think she's no longer does that kind of work. Cause she had like vocal cord surgery and, um, they're doing the the fights in the ring, and they're using the rule set over there. So we're gonna have soccer kicks, head stomps, and knees on the ground at opponents. Uh, it's gonna be wild, man, and uh, it's gonna be a very different time than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I feel like the fights are gonna be amazing. I feel they're gonna be great, and it's potentially 
could put itself last minute in contention, obviously, in a way, uh, you know, and people might forget, you know, for potential fight card of the year, in a way, mm-hmm. or MMA event of the year because of everything that is presenting and where it's at and the history. And uh, all the fighters are talking and referencing a lot of the pride days and being like, uh, you know, when I, I one thing that I've always wanted to do is fight in Japan and let another fight on Japan on New Year's. On New Year's Day or New Year's, or I guess New Year's Eve technically, right? Because uh, they're they're gonna be fighting at 4 a.m. here. I guess it'll be the next day essentially at that point. Yeah, that's but, why we didn't include in the uh, yeah, but uh, the awards. But yeah, no that that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be awesome. I mean, it, it, as a whole, I think there's just a lot that can be done here. And on top of that, the the level of risk that two promotions are taking, they're putting their best against their best. They're gonna be doing their best to represent uh, you know, represent themselves. Um. I don't know if this is going to open up the door for, you know, other organizations to potentially put champy champ or, you know, whatever. But I mean, and, and I, I even, I was at the podcast with Juan Chaleta. He's like, shit. I, he's like, I feel like I could go to one championship and beat their 135 champ and their 145 champ easily, you know, and, you know, let's do it. You know, I want to do it. Let's see, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is, you know. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. That's not going to happen. Look. It's not gonna happen. Love, it might, it might not happen that. immediately, right? But this is at least gonna put the seed. You know, it's gonna. It's the start of it. It's the first time. I, I do, I do, I do. Kind of doubt that one would be interested in doing it. I also, I know for a fact UFC wouldn't be. But I know, I, hey, PFL, I think would probably be down for doing something. I saw, I stopped taking one seriously in, in terms of like these talks. I put them in like the UFC category of like, oh, they're never gonna collaborate ever. Is the reason why I put them there is because I'm not sure if you remember this. Do you remember whenever, like, it was, like, February of this year? Everybody was, Nganu's win was fresh in everybody's mind. And they're like, oh, shit, where is he going to go? And then uh, Ch- Chatri Sitatong was like, nah, man, we don't, you, come on. He, have you seen our heavyweights? Imagine what they do to France and Ganu. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously he's going to say that. You know? I mean, he's. I mean, promoters got to promote, but let's not be ridiculous here. I mean, <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you know what I mean. Look, no, no, I get it. But I'm give, just saying, I don't you know, think they'd be down for There is something Chaudhry does right, and that's include all of the martial arts. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, obviously, you know, say what you want to say. Speak about the I mean, you know how I feel about. It. But 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 you know what I mean. As far as like the sport itself and and how it is, I feel like they they don't represent it in a bad light. No, no, I agree, but. Uh, whatever, yeah, I just, whatever happens between closed doors and business, I mean, we're getting into a whole different conversation there, but we're here to talk about fights and fights happen. That's and, true. That's true. And uh, as far as fights go, man, we got a whole, an incredible main card to go over. And we'll talk about a couple of little prelims as well. But look, dude, main event, AJ McKee, former Valsmore featherweight champion, currently uh, number eight in their lightweight rank. He's coming off that incredible win over Spike Carlisle, which was in the fight of the year discussion, or at least should have been. I mean, goddamn, it was entertaining. Taking on Roberto D'Souza, the current Ryzen lightweight champion, 33 years old, incredible jiu-jitsu, uh, 14-1 coming off a, a win over Johnny Case in April. That avenged his one loss in his career when he lost back in October 2019 to him in the lightweight Grand Prix. Look, dude, very interesting fight here. Roberto D'Souza has some of the greatest jiu-jitsu in the lightweight division. Uh, wins over Tafikta Musayev, who, uh, currently, like, an incredible fucking pros- prospect, excuse me, but, uh, look, dude, it's gonna be very entertaining fight, I'm very interested to see how, uh, AJ navigates the ground, and, but as far as the fight itself, man, what do you think about it, and who do you got in the main events? 
I mean, like, uh, like we were talking in the green room a little bit, Josh. I think this is the hardest fight for all the Bellator guys. I think, uh, as far as the rising opponents, he's the most difficult one, I believe. Um, at least one or two, in my opinion, I put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, like I was thinking, I'm, I'm very surprised that, uh, Bellator decided to send AJ in and not, uh, you know, their, their pit bull, you know, their champ, or former champ, I should say, obviously, you know, with the, Usman fight and all that recently, but even then, you know, Usman, and obviously they announced this a while ago, but even then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the fact that AJ was their first option goes to show how much they believe in AJ at 155 and all that and kind of his future there in that division and kind of what they expect out of him because uh, this is a super dangerous fight. I mean, it's incredibly hard. I mean, he's fighting a guy who has these abilities on the ground and is incredibly dangerous and I mean, I, I imagine he won't engage him along the ground, but you know AJ has won a lot by submission, has a has a fair bit of wrestling under his belt, and could just think uh, that it you know maybe maybe I should try to do this, you know, but and and not having the cage right to to his uh, there as an option to to have takedowns and all that, and how that's going to affect him. I think in the stand up, it's uh, it's clearly AJ. I th- um, this user possesses a, a fair bit of power in his hands. He has one by knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I really do think this is a pick and fight. I am leaning towards AJ, but but not by a lot because of the danger on the ground and how much the fight can change once it hits the mat. Because uh, he's a pull guard. He'll get into these positions. He'll throw up triangles, and uh, he gets those fucking submissions, man. I mean, a, a lot of his finishes are via submission, and they're from positions in the back or uh, or triangles. And I'm sure, and granted, I'm sure ages, you know, try to put himself in these positions that this guy, uh, is very successful at. But, um, it, I, I think it's a pick and fight, Josh. I think there's no easy choice. I mean, I'm going with AJ McKee, but yeah, I, I, cause I gave him the, the advantage in the stand up. But like I said, D'Souza has a, not a good enough stand up to get him through and has what seems <clears> like power. And he's, and he's a very big 155er. I think that uh, I'm curious to see how AJ deals with the weight difference if the fact does hit to the ground and if, it, and if there is a difference if, and to see if AJ's maybe thrown a little bit more muscle and has grown a little bit more since last time we see him at 155 against Spark Carlisle. Cause, uh, Spike looked big in there, man. <laughs> I mean, AJ looked good. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, a, he didn't look like that 45 or anymore, but he didn't look far removed either. No, correct. Well, to be fair, Spike Carlisle is a pretty, Damn big lightweight as it is. Well, he, but, uh, he came back at like eighty something. By the way, I heard. Oh Jesus! So yeah, yeah there you go. Um, look, dude, I'm on the same page. I think this is a very, very close and all damn near pick and fight. Um, I am going to take AJ McKee. I think that on the feet. Now it's too fair. Bruder just can can't crack, but I think um, on the feet, I'm going to give McKee the advantage. I think on the ground, it's it's. Look, he's he his jujitsu is not going to be on the same. Wavelength, you know what I mean? Like, there is still a massive difference there. But I do think that his wrestling is good enough and is good enough to survive on the mat to bring the fight to where he wants and to have decent success. So I'm going to take AJ McKee. Um, that being said, I can absolutely see Roberto Rosita catching him and, you know, getting the win and so on and so forth. But, um, the part, one of the things I like about this card, honestly, is like, this is, this is, a, this is the main event, but like, dude, you can put any of the fights below them as the main event. You know what I mean? Like, they're all very, very compelling and very, very interesting. And in the co-main events, we have Patricio Pitbull, the featherweight champion, uh, who obviously beat A.J. McKee in their rematch in April, beat Adam Borch in October, 
going to be taking on Klebler Koik Erbst. Probably butchered that name, and I do apologize, but former KSW champion, current Ryzen featherweight champion on a hell of a win streak. He's beaten some former, you know, UFC veterans during that stretch, Olka Sasaki, who admittedly is one of my boys. Uh, he went ahead and beat him. Um, yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's beaten some former UFC veterans in his own right. Uh, former uh, KSW champion, like I said, lost his title to uh, Mateus Gamrot, funnily enough, back in uh, 2018, and then he left for Ryzen. Um, look, man, very interesting co-main event. What do you think about this one? Uh, for me, uh, not not as exciting compared to the other fights. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I'm not going to put any blame on the matchmaking here. Obviously, this is this is one of their best guys as their champ here at, at Ryzen. Cleaver uh, uh, trains uh, out of the gym that Desosa trains out of. I actually, Cleaver's uh, actually the I think the head jiu-jitsu coach or one of the main coaches there. I mean, the guy is, uh, I mean, we talk submission ace, I mean, it's submission ace, right? I mean, like, 20, yeah. it's like 20 something wins by submission, something insane like that. Uh, obviously, uh, Jiu Jitsu is his game, and that is a fact, man, because on the feet, he has not much to offer, Josh. Uh, yeah, 27 if, career wins by submission, in case you're curious. Yeah, um, he has some solid kicks. Hands are, not gonna say non existent, but not very existent. <laughs> I, I believe that Pitbull is just a, too well well rounded of a fighter. His um, his experience, his demeanor in there, everything. Uh, I just don't think Kleber being, and I'm not calling him one dimensional, but but having this specialty that he's so good at, but lacking in these other spots, I think is going to give him hell against Pitbull, and I don't think he'll be able to pull through and. Because the jiu-jitsu is not just going to be uh, going to be able to get him through this. I think he's going to have to deal with a lot with Pitbull. I mean, Pitbull is capable of wrestling, obviously uh, grappling, and obviously his striking is, uh, you know, he, he comes, I mean, he'll come out one way, one fight, and the next fight he'll come out, you know, looking a different way. Uh, not not like Cejudo, but um, obviously a little parallel there. And on top of that, he's he's very patient. He's, he times him, he's very well-timed. He'll, he'll wait for stuff, and and uh, he'll wait for positions, and he'll set himself up. And I think uh, for Kleber, I think it's it's just not going to be enough. I think this is Pitbull's fight all night. He's just a better better fighter all around. Yeah, same picture me too. I think um, I like Kleber a lot, and but generally speaking, dude, Patricio Pitbull is like I've said this for a while. And granted, he is older now. He's thirty five. You know, he had the loss to McKee, and even. And the rematch didn't look too impressive. I still think he's one of the greatest fighters on the planet right now. And he's about as well-rounded as it gets. Well, one of the greatest fighters outside of the UFC, I guess I should uh, say. But he's about as well-rounded as it gets. You can even tell by the way he wins fights. 11 wins by knockout, 12 by submission, 11 by decision. <laughs> uh, he's lost once by submission. And there was that AJ fight where he got rocked before he got submitted um, and got put out with the guillotine. Um, I just think he's better. I think he's more well-rounded. I think he's going to have success wherever the fight goes. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Patricio to get the win and make it two O Bellator. But uh, next up, dude, ban- uh, not ban- flyweight Koji Horiguchi. Funnily enough, former Ryzen champion, and it's kind of bizarre that he's even on the Bellator side, considering he uh, um, 
he fights for Ryzen as much as he fights for Bellator, even though he signed a contract with them um, earlier this year, or actually it might have been last year, but um, he's actually struggled as a bit late. Um, obviously, he had that incredible run when he first left the UFC where he was beating virtually everybody, Darion Caldwell, Ian McCall, Manel Cape, um, Ben Wynn. He beat a bunch of guys, but since 2019, he struggled. He got knocked out by Kai Asakura. Uh, he avenged the loss, but then he went over to Bellator, got knocked out by Sergio Pettis, got beat by Patchy Mix. He did beat Yoto Hakamura in September, but he has struggled a bit uh, as of late, and he's been taking on Hirasuma Ogurugo, who is a a veteran of the fight game, former Shudo champion, um, currently... Not a champion over there in Ryzen, but he's fought for the title multiple occasions. He's coming off of the Bantamweight Grand Prix where he went ahead and had a lot of success, including beating Kai Asakura, uh, avenging a previous loss to him. Uh, these guys actually fought once before, well, excuse me, twice before, funnily enough. They fought once just in the regional scene uh, in Shudo where Koji actually beat him for the featherweight title. And then they also fought in Ryzen and Koji has beat him twice. This is the trilogy fight, Angel. Do you think Hiroshima can get on the scoreboard? I don't believe so, man. I mean, uh, it's 2-0 in the series. I saw one of those fights. It seemed as the fight got longer, Hiromosa struggled. Um, and he's, I mean, he, he looks like he's a super durable guy. Takes a lot of fights to distance. I think he has, I think majority of his wins have gone, uh, come be a decision and a fair bit of his losses have come be a decision as well. Uh, that's something you see on this card a lot. A lot of these uh, Japanese fighters like taking the fight down to the ground. Um, against Kyoji, though, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to do that easily. I mean, obviously, he's already lost him twice. I. I, I saw one fight. I couldn't find the other. Uh, to be three zero in the series. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be three and zero for it. Not just three and zero in a trilogy, but it's also be three and zero for Bellator, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, now I like this card a lot. My big issue is uh, that I don't understand why Koji is involved, given his relation to Ryzen. Like, he's a 50-50 fighter, you know what I mean? Like, he fights half the time for Ryzen, about half the time for Bellator anyways. But technically, he's a Bellator fighter on this night, and I think he will make a 3-0, man. Um, not only in the series, but in uh, on fight night, like you said. Um, yeah, I think this one's actually... I'm very disappointed with the matchmaking here because I think all the other fights are super compelling. I get that they have a history and, you know, so on and so forth, but, yeah, I'm going to take Koji Horiguchi. Um, Juan Archuleta, former champion, ranked number three in the Bellator Bantamweight rankings, coming off a win of Enrique, Enrique Barzola in October. Prior to that, he lost two in a row, but Sergio Pettis and Hufian Stotts is about as good as it gets, so no shame in losing to that. Taking on, um, Su Chul Kim, who formerly of, of one, currently in Ryzen, coming off of, funnily enough, a win over Hosoma Ogopuo. Um, look, man. Admittedly, I know the least about this kid of any other fighter like in on this card. Um, he started off his career though. I, I always love these type of guys. Started off four and three, um, four and four actually. Excuse me. But since then, he's only lost to Bibiotto Fernandez and Hygen Park. So he's honestly on a hell of a run right now. Do you think he'll be able to defeat Juan Archuleta though? Think he, do you think he will be the one to get uh, Ryzen on the scoreboard, or do we just? I mean, look, he, he could say, look, we've gone through the card from top to bottom, so he could be the one to start it. So, yeah. don't get it twisted. 
You know, at the start of the show, Josh, or the, you know, when we started the topic, I did say that that uh, Sosa could be one or two for most dangerous. You know, as I think out of all the Rising Fighters, most dangerous. Uh, this is the other guy that I think is right up there because this guy comes the fucking bang, Josh. He is relentless. He comes forward. He tries to take the fight down to the ground. He takes he takes one to give one, and uh, against Juan Archuleta, I mean, he he, he can. Uh, he has a certain Archuleta also has a, a certain type of pressure, but it's different from from uh, this fighter. Mm-hmm. He, this guy is has like um, a not not the same style, but that Habib relentless just truck forward and get the takedown and get the fight to the ground. He has good ground and pound. He has a you know good enough on the feet. I mean, I'm still gonna pick one Archuleta here, Josh. But I do think this is another very – I don't think it's as dangerous as the main event, but I think it's not that far off. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. For the sake of argument, I will pick against Juan Archuleta. <laughs> you might be fucking right, dude. Like, this, I, Kim's, I Kim's, mean, look, Kim hey, is a dangerous fighter. I think if you look at – um, <clears throat> sorry, if you look at Juan Archuleta, man – I hate to say it, I've never been impressed by him. <laughs> I, sound, I sound like a dick, but uh, look, dude, I've, I've only seen a couple of fights of uh, our boy who's going to be fighting on Saturday night, uh, Sol Chu Kim. I've been impressed from what I have seen, so I will take him. But uh, shit, anything can happen. But just for the sake of argument, I, I think he gets, I think he gets rising on the board. I mean, homeboy is riding like a ten win streak. Well, like I said, he he's only lost to Viviano Fernandez, who is a fucking savage. Oh, never mind. And, he had lost in between. Huh? High Jam Park. I didn't see yeah, well, yeah, well, and High Jam Park's pretty fucking good, too. So, you know, there you go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take our boy, still Chukin. But opening up the main card, this one I feel like has by far the least interest, which is not to say these guys are bad fighters. It just is what it is. Um, Gadzi Rabanov. 18-4-2, former PFL veteran, which is where you may have heard that name out outside of Bellator, I guess. Sitting on Koji Takata, who, very interesting prospect, man. I mean, uh, formerly fought in uh, the Deep Impact promotion, which you guys may have heard of, and he beat some good names there. Uh, since moving to Ryzen, he's had a fair bit of success. That's not to say that he's not taking losses. He lost his by Carlisle. Uh, but he's beating some good names. Johnny Case, I think, is probably his best win, and that came in uh, a couple months back. Riding a two-fight win streak. What do you think about this matchup, man? I think it's gonna—it's the fight that has the least, uh, I guess, excitement behind it. But both these guys, style-wise, this should be a pretty fun fight. Look, I'll, I'll admit it, Joe. This is, I even told you at the top of the show. I'm like, this is probably the one I've done the least looking into. Or uh, look, I—it's a Russian, Josh. You can never pick against a Russian, can you? Really? <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, if you can't pronounce his name, that's how you already know it to be hard. It's a good point. It's a very good point. I can't argue against that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did, I did hear a few comments about him. Um, I, obviously, I heard he's a solid guy. Um, he's yeah. riding a nice little win streak. I found he's undefeated in the promotion right now in Bellator. JJ Wilson, pretty good guy. Pretty yeah. good guy. Uh, granted, though, I'm pretty sure that was pre JJ Wilson weight change because I think he after that fight he he decided to go up to lightweight. Oh, never mind. He's still lightweight. Never mind. That was yeah. post weight change. That was first fight at, at weight change. Well, there's that for you. There you go. But, um, yeah, look, man, um, I'm also going to take the Russian. I'm going to take Gazi Robinoff. Uh, that's not to say don't I, Coach Jacob is actually one of my favorite Ryzen fighters. Guy always comes to bang and is always pretty fucking entertaining. But, uh, 
Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Gazi. I've been very impressed with him since he came over to Bellator. I saw him in his one uh, PFL fight uh, a while ago. But, yeah, PFL uh, 2 in 2019. I was never that impressed with him. And if you look at his regional run, he kind of struggled. But right now, he's riding a lot of momentum. And like you mentioned, that winner with J.J. Wilson very, very much impressed me. He beat Bobby King, too, who's also a pretty good guy over there in Bellator. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm I'm going to go ahead and take it. I think he gets the job done. And I think uh, it's going to be a rough night for Ryzen, man. And I, I, here's the issue for me is I don't even think Ryzen would have that much bad luck. But I think matchup-wise... It's it's tough, man. It's very very tough. I, I feel like the main event's the most competitive one. I I completely agree. I completely agree. But if I think if you look at the rest of the matchups, it's not to say Ryzen won't have success. If for all we know, they could fucking they could pull it off, man. They could win three two at the buzzer. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty good night for Bellator, dude. I think it's gonna be very very. Good what night what do you think is the best outcome for both both promotions where they both look good in some capacity? 2-2, two, two, it goes 2-2 two, two down the middle with a split decision in the main event. And a fucking war. And also, hopefully, all fights being very competitive. No there you go. Yeah. If they're, if they're at least competitive, that'll be the big thing. I think it's kind of like a win-win for both guys, for both promotions, because I really don't think there's any way where it's like, Jeez, could you imagine if it's, like, one-way fucking traffic and they just get destroyed? But, but what do you think is the order of danger as far as all the Ryzen fighters? Um, with, with the main guys, with the corner, Chaletta, Kyoji, like their opponent. Like, most likely to win, the least likely to win, do you mean? Yeah, yeah, out of, out, of the, out of the Ryzen side. I mean, for me, probably Roberto D'Souza, Solchu, Kim, Koji Takata, Klebler, uh, Koki, Yorbis, and Hiroshima. I don't think that, like... You put Hiroshima at dead last? At dead? He's, he's already gotten shithoused twice by Koji, and, I, and like... He, but he, he's, he's won a lot since then. He can bring he has back. won a lot since then. And I it's the third like, fight? A lot can change in the third fight? It, a lot can change in a third fight. I'll give you that. I don't know, man. I'm just... I think Koji needs, like, a big win to get right. I understand he's coming off a win already, but, like... They're like, I'll beat a guy who already beat twice. <laughs> that, that's, hey, man, that's momentum, dude. He needs that. And I think he gets it. I just don't see a way that Koji comes back to Japan to lose to a guy that he already beat twice. I just don't see that happening. I mean, you don't think it... I mean, we could say it, man, but in reality... No, no, I'm saying it could happen. I'm just saying I don't... No, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I essentially have it the same. I put Hiramosa above Kleber, but... Really? I, I think I, that bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... But, you know, we'll see. We'll see the night of. True, true. Um, I mean, we both have the same top two picks, which I think are the ones that are really important ones, those are the ones we think are most likely to win. Yeah, true. I mean, we, we went all Bellator. I mean, obviously that... I mean, that, I, that, well, that, I, well, wait a minute. I... I I picked I picked uh, Soul Chu Kim. You you know if you if you go undefeated and you picked everybody right, you picked the one Ryzen fighter to win. I'll go fucking. Give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, but uh. I yeah, mean, if anything, um, I feel like the losses will come in the main and come in. Very possible, very very possible, especially the main. The main. I mean, that's a, that's a hard fucking fight for AJ, dude. The AJ, fuck man. I don't know. It's Good an incredibly looking. difficult fight, yeah. Uh, Sanders. If Roberto gets that dub, though, I mean, fuck, man, what a fucking dub for Ryzen. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, as far as the uh, the rest of the card goes, there are a couple of very interesting uh, prelim fights. A couple of names that people uh, may not know about. So, uh, Andrew, what do you think about some of those prelim fights? Man, uh, let's get into it, Josh. I mean, 
John Dotson. I did not expect to see John Dotson in the cage probably ever again after seeing him in uh, in BKFC. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Fighting at 126, and he's going to be fighting on New Year's Eve in the Thomas Super Arena. Um, that one threw me for a loop. Um, very silent. No one's really mentioned it. I haven't seen anything in the media about it. Uh, fighting some Japanese fighter who's 35, 31, and 2. So, you don't know Hideo Takoro? Yep. Oh, dude, he's a fucking savage. He's 45 years old. He's been fighting since 2000. I know. He's been, fight, he's, he's been fighting longer than we've been alive. I know. He fought in... Dude, he's fought virtually everybody. He fought in rings, dude. Like, he... Guys are some, surprisingly, he did not fight in Pride, but uh, he fought in Dynamite, K1, Dream, everywhere. So he's a savage. He's fought a lot of names. I know that. But, yeah, this is going to be his first fight, like... He's been, he's essentially been like a half retired fighter for a while, but yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> he just comes out. He really comes out for the big ones. Essentially, yeah. I mean, I I'm surprised that, uh, like you mentioned, that John Dodson fighting has not earned much recognition. He's only like he obviously he left the UFC after losing to Rob back in 2020, and then he had two fights in Axe MMA, and then he had the BKF BKFC thing. Outside of that, man, he has not really done much. So I'm very surprised that that. Uh, for one, that they got him for this, and for two, that nobody's talking about it. So, but yeah, I mean, that, that, he's not the only like UFC veteran to be fighting on here. Um, they got a, I believe so anyway. Outside, like excluding the main card, because we got our boy Hadrero Bontarian, who had about as rough of a UFC stint you could have. Um, came in, he got a couple of nice wins, including over our boy Julian Pavia. Then he lost. Well. I mean, he went one and three, but one of those got a return. So a four-fight win streak to leave the promotion. But he went up against a fucking savage. Ray Borg, Kaikara France, Matt Schnell, and Brandon Roy Val. So absolutely just a bunch of fucking savages, dude. I mean, you got Junior Taffa on the prelims. Uh, Nyoka Inoue, former UFC veteran. So that should be fun. I mean, look, dude, what, what outside of obviously like the main card, which fight are you most looking forward to on the prelims? Oh, man. Right, that Junior Taffa Tioshi Sudario fight. That's the one you're supposed to for? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's heavyweight, it's at 265. Yes, guys, that Junior Taffa. Yes. And Sansa is a fucking sumo beast. You know? I mean, he's not, he doesn't, he's not rocking his sumo body anymore. He, he's no, kind no, of no, trimmed no, down no. if you go on his Instagram. But I mean, it's heavyweight, man. I mean, fuck, dude, heavyweight fights are just fucking fun to watch. I mean, look. He beat Minimal, man. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like, there, there's just something about heavyweights, man. You, you can never be bored. You never, I, I feel like, especially in a ring, dude, I feel like some funny shit could happen, too. No, no, you're completely correct. So this should be a lot of fun. And Junior Taffa, for those of you that are uh, unaware, I believe the, he's the younger brother of Justin Taffa. Yes, sir. So UFC heavyweight. So, um, yeah, should be, should be a lot of fun, man. I've heard a lot of good things from Junior Taffa, too, so. This should be a hell of a card, man. I'm very, very excited. I think they did – I think Bellator specifically has done a lot of – I feel like they had a pretty bad 2022 in my opinion. No offense. I feel like they just – that they they missed a lot of opportunities, and a lot of it had to do with timing. Like, I don't know why they would put on fights the same night as UFC, which they did multiple times this year. But look, dude, they're closing it out in a nice way. Same thing for Ryzen, so I'm psyched for this card. But uh, Angel, I think it's about time to move on some fight announcements because, god damn, is there a lot of them. 
are, are you are you fucking hyped, man? Like, are you hyped with the ones you've seen? Is there anything that kind of surprised you? Well, we got to start this one off on a bad note because I want to. I just want to get this one out of the way. You just want to get the bad news out of the way, Josh. You we got to rip the, the bandage. Hashtag save Bigfoot. Not Angel, that Bigfoot. You've been pumping this one out there for a while. I had been, dude. Hashtag save Bigfoot. Hashtag save my hero. Yeah, if you got, I mean, for the uninitiated, Angel got into MMA through Bigfoot Silver's Mark Hunt 1, and since then, it's all been downhill for not only Angel, but also <laughs> Bigfoot's career. Wow, man. I mean, I feel like <laughs> you know what's crazy? I think if you look at Big, uh, Bigfoot's career and my career, I think we're, like, on opposite ends of the graph. Mine's been going <laughs> up, Bigfoot's been going down, sadly. <laughs> he, got, he fought Mark Hunt, and his life went downhill, and you're like, fuck yeah, man, he fought Mark Hunt, you know, like. I, too bad, it, up too bad it, it wasn't like we both went up. It sadly been one went down, one's gone up. I feel like I've been going up, right? Like no, I mean, you're 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 you're, you're peaking right now. You know? Yeah, like don't <laughs> hate the Bigfoot. Like, you know, like it is it is what it is, man. And I I just really hope you retire and live a happy life. I know, but that is not what has happened. Not only is he not retired, instead he has become even more active as of late. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, so since so he left the UFC. Uh, I say left. He got released after getting knocked out uh, three times in a row. Mark Hunt, Stephen Schreiber, Roy Nelson all put him out three times in a row in 2016. Goes to Russia to fight Ivan Shirkov, who was an undefeated Russian at the time, lost by decision. He fought Vitaly Minikov, arguably one of the greatest heavyweights outside the UFC, knocked out. Quentin Domingos, who I'm not even sure is a real person, knocked him out in the second round. Yeah. And then Oleg Popov knocked him out in June. That's not including... He got knocked out by Vyacheslav Dotsik. He's more uh, known for his uh, time spent in prison as a white supremacist uh, than he's known for his fighting. But he also knocked out Bigfoot in a boxing match. Oh, yeah, Gabriel Gonzaga, UC veteran, also knocked out Bigfoot in a bare-knuckle fight. He is now. <laughs> so, you know, as if that's not enough, he, 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 Eagle FC tried to book him. Fucking they, Florida wouldn't sanction him, which says everything you need to know. But don't worry. He's going to be fighting in Brave FC against Haim Ghazoli. If you guys don't know Haim Ghazoli, uh, he is much smaller than Bigfoot, which is sweet. He's also 49 years old. Um, I want to say that he competes at, like, middleweight, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's on a nice winning streak. A couple of his fights might have been fixed, though, so that's important to note. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be fighting Bigfoot and uh, Brave. So, um, Angel, thoughts? Take it now. No, <laughs> you're not hyped for seeing a 49 year old Haim Gazzoli who fights at middleweight fighting Bigfoot Silva, who's lost his last like million fights. I just hope Bigfoot gets one, man. You just do you think that this is like the, the good the good avenue for him to fight like a like a smaller older grappler? Yeah, <laughs> probably. He won't get knocked out, right? Probably. You hope not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hashtag say Bigfoot, man. I mean, for all I know, dude, you could throw a spark plug at Bigfoot's chin and he might get knocked out now. Oh, gee, come on, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know if it's like that now. I know, I know. A gust of the wind and he does the chicken dance, you know? Like, I'm, I don't know. It's, I mean, the man's been knocked out a lot and very quick and very sad. Yeah, true, true. I don't want to see um, Bigfoot fight. He shouldn't be fighting anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely disappointing. But I mean, look, if they're gonna book him, this is probably the best outcome, I guess. You know, but a smaller, uh, yeah. older guy. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean I want to see it. But yeah, I feel like we had to get that one out of the way because we've been documenting this Bigfoot Silva saga. I mean, it's just so. Dep- this is this was a former UC title challenger and one and at one point one of the greatest fighters on the planet. You know what I mean? So it's just it's so depressing. 
And um, he beat Fedor. I know didn't people he? tried he to fought step Fedor in and beat him, right? He yeah, he beat Fedor in Strike Force. Yeah, I'm like, but um, what the fuck is life? I know it's just so it's, it's depressing. But uh, look, man, I mean, in terms of fun fighting outfits, we just gotta go ahead and we had to get that one out of the way. In terms of fun fighting outfits, Sean Brady, Michelle Pahea, dude, this is chaos. Uh, UFC on ESPN 43. That'll go down to San Antonio in March 25th. It's going to be Sean Brady's first fight since being TKO by Bilal Muhammad in October UC 280. Michelle Pahea is riding a uh, a nice win streak for himself. Five wins in a row. All against pretty good talent, dude. He came in as a fun fighter. He's knuckled down. He's focused. He's only 29 years old. He's huge for the weight, he's huge for the weight class. And now he's getting this fight where if he wins, boom, the, the, the sky's the limit if he beats Sean Brady. What do you think about this booking? I mean, it's super fun matchmaking. Battle of the gas tanks. Who's not going to gas? Is it a three rounder or a five rounder? It is a. I do not know, but as of now, I'm expecting it to be a three rounder. Oof, not a fan. You you want to be five rounds? You want these guys to die, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love five rounds in these guys. I'm gonna see who's gonna who's gonna want it more. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's exact. Um, that's the only reason I would want five rounds. That is a pretty good reason. Who wants him more? And I mean, Sean Brady coming, I mean, that's a tough fight, man, but coming back from his first ever loss. Michelle Pahe, I mean, he's lost plenty of times in his career and, you know, you're kind of really confident now. It seems to kind of be focusing. Um, like I told you, Josh, I feel like the, I feel like he has an incredible skill set, the athleticism, the showmanship, everything's there for him to be potentially a great fighter. It's whether or not he puts it all together and performs and improves that gas tank. I mean, he's like, like I've told you, he could literally be a 185er, potentially even a 205er. Mm-hmm. He's fucking massive. Yeah, he's he's he is huge for the weight class. Um, yeah, he might be the biggest guy in that weight class. No fucking joke. He very well might be. So um, this is such an oddly compelling fight that I would have never thought about. You know what I mean? Like I think I would you do Michelle Pahe against anybody. It's interesting. Like it'll be fun. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he he's he's the action fighter, like not really action fighter, but like he's just always doing crazy shit. And it's always entertaining. But uh, I mean, Josh, you're telling me Shockbot versus fucking Michelle Pahead doesn't get you rock hard? Again, I did not think about that until that moment. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what part? The fight part or the getting rock hard part? <laughs> <laughs> I got a phoner, Angel. I'm rock hard with emotion right now. But um. Yeah, I mean, it'll, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a fun fight, man. I would have not expected to book that one, but, uh, I'm very, I'm very happy about it. Very, very excited for it. Um, it's not only fight booking, though. We got a couple other big ones. Sticking with UC for the moment, Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sandhagen, February 18th at the UC Apex. I kind of hate that it's taking place at the Apex, to be completely honest with you, but, uh, Look, dude, what do you think about this fight? I think it's the correct booking. I really think it is. I think it's going to be an awesome fight. They're getting five rounds. We get everything we want out of this one. What are your thoughts on it? I, I think I called this one, didn't I? Or we called it the other. No, I think mean, so, it's, yeah. It's, it's probably the funnest fight you can make right now for for Corey Sanhagen. I mean, Corey Sanhagen's fun in every fight, but I think stylistically it's a great fucking clash of styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, without getting into very deep analysis, I think – Cheeto's pacing in the fight and kind of the buildup it has, how odd it is. Uh, at least I find it very hard. Like his pace is something that I can't. Uh, I've never been able to explain it. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's slow. I don't know if it's building up. But it, I almost want to compare it maybe to a balloon Josh, where it's just kind of like filling up, filling up, and then it pops. 
And then Corey Sanhagen, I mean, he, he comes to fight. Who bring the fight to Cheeto? So I'm curious to see how that affects Cheeto's style of fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I know that I'm I'm very, very happy they gave these guys five rounds. I think that's my biggest thing right now. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed they put it at the Apex, but uh, I don't think this kind of works as an Apex fight, dude. I feel like this is kind of a, like, people complain so much about the Apex, and I'm generally on board with it. Um, but uh, it's a little bit weird they are putting in here, but who knows? Maybe this will be the fight that everybody remembers. Like, oh, I, shit, mean, next year, I mean, next year they're opening up a little bit more. They're going to be traveling a little bit more. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a... Uh, it's a work in progress, you know? Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, this one will be a banger. I'm I'm very excited for this one. Um, this is supposed to be a fight announcement. Do we, have, we do have to talk about a fight that got canceled, sadly, but we also have to, we have, we have a replacement for it. Bellator 290 going down, I believe, February 4th. That's when it's going to be on CBS. It's going to be Bellator's first uh, show on CBS. Very big card. Fedor Emelianenko's retirement fight against Ryan Bader. One of the goats calling it a day was supposed to have Vadim Nemkov versus Yo Romero in the co-main event. That is off. Now Johnny Eblen stepping up, man. Um, coming off this win over Gegard Mousasi, the newly crowned champion. Well, I say newly crowned. That fight took place in June, but um, <laughs> yeah, man, undefeated, going to be stepping in that co-main event spot against Anatoly Tokov, who. He's riding a solid winning streak for himself right now, man. Um, I believe he is 31-3. The record looking nice. Seven-fight win streak. All those wins coming into Bellator Cage. He's beating some good-ass names, too, man. Alexander Shlomenko, Gerald Harris, um, Muhammad Abdullah. That was his last fight in June. So, dude, if they were going to replace Vadim Nemkov, they picked about as good of a fight you can to replace it. Uh, What do you think about this one? I mean, it was a good one. Obviously, missed out, obviously, with uh, Yuan Romero and Nemkov, but, shit, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, they bring in the human cheat code, which, I mean, I mean, he, he had to defend that title at some point. They're giving him a, a tough fucking guy in, uh, in Tokov, like you said, and uh, solid matchmaking. I mean, there, there wasn't many options, right? I feel like, at the time, this is probably one of the best fights they could put together in such short notice. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, it's a very good fight. I'm very interested to see, not to, not to branch off the conversation, I'm very interested to see what Gegard Mousasi does next. Because uh, I thought they could have possibly given, now granted the fight was lopsided with Johnny Eblen, but I, I was surprised I didn't think about giving him an immediate rematch with the guy who had been champion for so long. But uh, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that fight goes. They picked about as good of a replacement they could get. But, uh, yeah, man, that's all, my, that's all my thoughts on it. Just because that fight is so close, you know, we're only a month and a half away from it. Um, even, I guess, technically less than that. It's only like a month and a week. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be preview, previewing that fight pretty soon. But we do got to talk about some news. And, uh, man, it's a bit of a depressing one, man. Um, Stephen Bonner, 45 years old, passing away Christmas Eve at work, apparently, due to some heart problems, dude. It is hard to emphasize for fans who may be new to the sport, who maybe don't follow the history of it. It is incredibly hard to emphasize just how important Stefan Bonner was and his fight with Forrest Griffin. Obviously, they were both on the Ultimate Fighter one. They were fighting uh, in the finale. And that fight really did. It was one of the key moments, you know, along with Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, and Tito selling over a million pay-per-views, I believe. It was one of those fights, like those three might be the most important fights, and obviously Forrest and Stephen Bonner, I mean, 
might be the three most important fights in UC history. Like, they helped save the company. Like, Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin going out there and beating the dog shit out of each other for 15 minutes. Even beyond that, dude, he had an incredible career. Fought Anderson Silva on pay-per-view. He had some nice uh, fights. In, I think he only had one fight in Bellator, but he did really bonkers numbers with Tito. And, uh, dude, just a pioneer of the fucking game. And I don't think we'd be talking about this sport, if it, at least in the same capacity and with the same popularity that we do today without Stefan Bonner's contributions. So, Angel, I mean, just your thoughts. I mean, sad, man. Very, very fucking sad. I mean, I saw the news. I think, I don't know if I remember it was Instagram or Twitter, like, like a minute or two after it had been posted. I mean, it wasn't very long and instant fucking heartbreak, man. I was in disbelief. I mean, it was, <laughs> you never, you never expect it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said it there, I mean, I couldn't afford it any better. I mean, he is so big to the sport, so big to, to his promotion and it being, around still i mean they literally saved he's literally half of what saved the ufc mm-hmm. at its time um that fucking show uh on uh what what network was it on man the ultimate fighter i believe man. it was on spike spike tv yeah the ultimate fighter on fucking spike tv uh where these guys were fucking pissed that they were fighting for you know free and didn't even know exactly what was gonna happen and i mean they get to the finale and they put on the fucking show they did and they saved the fucking UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you laid it out there pretty well, man. I mean, for the, if you guys don't know the story, like, Zufa bought the company in, uh, I want to say 2000. I don't even remember when exactly. Mine, 2001, somewhere around there. Um, and they were in debt, dude. I mean, the UFC did not make money for a long time. But then they put on UFC 40, which was Ken Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz. They made... I think they sold 100,000 pay-per-views at the time, which is a fucking huge deal, because that was, like, the most that they'd done in, like, a long time. Because, like, the UFC started off hot, but then they lost a lot of steam because people, they started legislating uh, against the UFC, and they got a lot of political attention. And by 2001, they were in a bad place. And Tito and Ken gave them a lot of money through their rivalry. And then uh, Tito and Chuck did a lot. And then, uh, ultimately, the Ultimate Fighter is what helped boost them into the mainstream. You know what I mean? In that fight, and they uh, they decided, like, yeah, like, Spike came back, I believe, that night, as the story goes, with a new contract for multiple seasons, which helped keep the UFC afloat. And uh, that would not have happened without Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin going out there and putting on a war. And that fight still holds up today, man. I watched that fight literally a year ago. Like, um, not even not even a year. I thought he was this summer I watched that fight. And just, they did, like, recently they did a fight lore video on that, which is, like, the animated YouTube, uh, not YouTube, UFC Fight Pass <laughs> videos. Um, which I recommend, yeah, which I recommend to anybody that doesn't know about it, but I'm just so fucking sad, man. I mean, Stefan Bonner, um, he's young. He was young, man. 45 is way too young, man. That's just, uh, that's fucking terrible. But, uh, you know, he will not be forgotten. His contributions to this sport will never be. I mean, he's, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, dude. I mean, he, no matter what happened, he's immortalized. He had that one night in history that will be immortalized forever, which is more than what most people could say. You know what I mean? Like, he has that one night in history where, he maximized his potential and, be, and, you know, did what he did. So he has that moment. So, um, yeah, just terrible. But we do have more news to talk about. And it's been, honestly, the news section is half depressing. Uh, FBI. <laughs> Let's talk about the death of one of the pioneers of sports. Now we're going to talk about what could possibly be a death knell in the sport. Uh, the FBI is involved, folks. Uh, we, <laughs> we've known no fucking surprise. No fucking surprise. We, but we kind of debated back and forth on this James Crow situation on whether or not, like, we knew police were going to be involved. We were like, is it a state crime? 
Nah, the fucking Federal Bureau of Investigation is involved. Um, well, we knew that when they seized his fucking house. <laughs> yeah, they seized his devices, but it's now been confirmed. Um, the FBI is involved, and in, they're involved in the situation in uh, the betting probe into James Krause, Derek Minner. Jeff Molina also just got suspended, which is interesting. Jeff Molina mm-hmm. no is... No details a, on that yet, though. No, no details. He's a hot prospect in the flyweight division. He's with Glory. In fact, he's one of James Krause's normal boys. He's appeared on his podcast before. Remember whenever Megan Anderson came out with that, uh, her stuff about how it was like being coached there? She kind of exposed him. Guess who hit back? It was Jeff Molina, who said if you weren't a fucking alcoholic. Holy shit. You'd, uh, did you not see his response? No, I, I never heard about this. Oh, sure, you share it right now. Yeah, he, uh, he, he went hard at her. He went hard. So him being suspended shows, uh, there might be more here going on than we originally expected. What is your reaction to that and also the fact the FBI is involved? I mean, when I saw the news of Judge Molina being suspended by – I forgot exactly who it was or whatever suspended him. It threw me for a loop, man. I was like, oh, fuck. You know? I did not expect it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, like I said, no full details on that yet, but it was definitely like a oh, shit moment. What's going to happen now? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just it's depressing. I mean, and there's not a whole lot to add here, but it is interesting to get confirmation that the FBI is involved, and also that other people are indeed being suspended. We don't know whether it was due to Jeff Molina not leaving Glory or due to him being involved with Kraus, or it could possibly be him involved with this whole betting scandal. We have no idea, but um, yeah. I mean, just I don't think people realize just how important this is. Everybody's just joking like about how. Kraus might end up in the fucking clink, but like if it turns out that like the UFC, if if Kraus's boys were like fixing fights, and it's more than just a one outing, holy shit! Like that's that that could legitimately be what what fucks this sport up. You know what I mean? Like because if the government wants to get oversight, which by the way, I saw I'm very disappointed in this. The the Ali Act, Angel. You know what the Ali Act is? I'm aware of it, yes. Yes, it is it, for the uninitiated. It was a it was a put in place in the late '90s to protect boxers. Um, and it was to have more government oversight to make like payouts public, um, to have like um, belts no longer tied to a sole promoter. They are they have like the sanctioning bodies, which is why there's so many belts in boxing. Um, the Ali Act is currently being brought forth the U.S. Senate. Um, to potentially expand MMA. And if that's the case... Who's who's doing this? Like, who's this is, presenting this case? This is Mark Wayne Mullen. He was, he's a representative from Oklahoma. He fought three times, funny enough, in a... Uh, do you know, do you remember, I've seen some clips of this promotion. It was the Extreme Fighting League in, like, 2007. Oh, wow. They're one of those failed promotions. Anyways, he went 3-0 and there. He never fought again. Is he young? Is he an older guy? Well, like, he's, like, 40-something. So he's young. He's, re- he's really young. He's, he's pretty young, yeah. yeah. Rep from Oklahoma. Where I hail from, the the state of uh, God and guns, um, and no education. But anyways, but uh, it's just no. But he he seems to be a pretty smart guy, and he's uh, he originally actually brought this bill before uh, the House in 2016, and it actually passed the House. So, and it, and it had some support in the Senate, but it died out in the Senate. If they can get enough support in the Senate, it will pass. And it'll go to Biden's desk, and he'll most likely sign it as a law. The UC had Trump on their side. I don't think that they have Biden on their side. So this can legitimately reform the sport. And I tell you what, you know who covered this? 
BJPen.com. You know who covered this? <laughs> Outside of us? Not a single fucking website. I'm so disappointed. It's like, no wonder people complain about MMA journalism. Like, this is literally, this could potentially be the biggest story of 2023. And when, nobody's talking about it. When, when could this happen? By, by what time could we see this? Um, I, I mean, he's expected to bring the, bring it in front of the Senate next year. And they'll hold a vote on the Senate. They will have to send it back to the House. But we already know that at the time in 2016, which no guarantees, uh, they had the support in the House back in 2016 slash 2017. It's the Senate they didn't have the support. So they have the support in the Senate now. We'll send back to the House, which the more more like more than likely have the support in. And then, uh, yeah, it's game set match on the UFC essentially. So this could change the sport forever. Correct. And you know who covered it? Only BJPen.com. That is wild. I mean, I've been aware of you know the Ali Act and it being you know brought up and all that, but I don't know anybody who's actually doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. It was painted, man. To to their credit, Morning Combat also covered it. But do you think do you think this is a good thing? For the fighters, yes. For, I mean, for maybe for entertainment value, maybe no. I mean, but, because for but, example, like the UFC is pulling right now with like Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira main eventing the pay per view, that would not be able to happen. You know what I mean? It'd be a way longer process. They wouldn't be able to have such a fucking fast turnaround. Because belts would be regulated by the commission. But at which point they, it would it would be it would UFC guys, both were guys, one guys, they'd be forced to fight each other. Everybody but wouldn't, wouldn't they essentially become a commission? Or I guess, actually, no, it stays a promoter, right? It would stay as a promoter. It'd essentially be the same way. You know how, like, Premier Boxing Championships has, like, a shit ton of guys on roster? Yep. And they like to have those guys fight those guys, but occasionally, once in a blue moon, they have to, you know, do something with top rank or matchroom? Yeah. It's like that. But they, but they would make it a living hell for those guys to fight each other. Yeah, correct. So we UC would hold out as long as they possibly could without having to have, like... When they're Man- fight, uh, fight a belt or a guy, but they, they'll have to eventually. A mandatory. A mandatory, correct. Wow, that'd be so crazy. Yeah, so, like I said, I'm incredibly fucking disappointed with the fact that nobody has reported on this outside of, like, our site, which is the greatest MMA site on the planet, uh, but also, you know, uh, Morning Combat, full credit to them, they also talked about it. So, um, Sure Dog, I just looked up to, they did, like, they did a video about it, I guess, or something, but yeah, just disappointing. If you're, if you're an MMA site, you should cover, like, the biggest news, which could potentially, you know, change the sport forever, but whatever. Um, anyways, man, um, I feel like it was important to talk about that as well as, like, the FBI and the fact the government might be cracking down on the UFC, so that's interesting. But, uh, Angel, have you heard about, uh, have you heard about, um, Zion Clark? I have. Yeah, so Zion Clark, for those of you that may not know, he is a le- how do I, how do I phrase this without sounding, like, I mean, isn't the proper term uh Oh no, that would be incorrect because he. You know what? Let's legs. just let's just angel. He has no legs. The man has no. The, the man, man was, has no legs. Angel. I believe the man was born with no legs. He was born without legs. He. He had. He is. Uh, he was born with some. I can't remember the name of the disease, but essentially, it makes it like how like your legs they're there, but they don't get formed. Like your the the development on your legs is virtually like the lower half of his body is virtually non-existent. That's crazy. Like, I think they're there, but, like, they're so small that you can't even see them. Oh, okay. His quads have to be insane, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just... <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Josh. No, but anyway, so he, he, he apparently weighs enough to fight at, like, bantamweight, and uh, he fought in Gladiator Challenge. What a bantamweight. Holy shit. He beat Eugene Murray, which all I can think about was that guy from Impractical Jokers, but no, it's not him. 
Uh, it's a different guy, black guy, different skin color. That's how I was able to tell. No, but <laughs> Murr gets the ultimate thumbs down. No, <laughs> he has to fight a man without legs in a cage. No, but anyway, Zion Clark won his uh, debut by decision. Um, the promotion's a little bit iffy. They've been, you know, Tapology says that they like they don't fix fights, but they do mismatches, which this was the case here. Zion Clark was a legitimate fucking wrestler, and um. In college, so man, what do you think? Of, what are your thoughts on his uh, his win? He said he was going to keep on fighting, and he said his goal is to ultimately eventually make it to the UFC. I mean, he, I mean, look, I normally don't want to diss the guy, but shit, he already was a legitimate, like a really good college wrestler and high school wrestler, so he's already defying expectations. Uh, but uh, and he's still doing it by getting a win. Yeah. So what what do you think, man? I mean, I mean, chase chase your dreams, guys. The limit. I mean, you know, he's made it this far in life with people doubting him. What's what's to stop him? Did you see any uh, any of his uh, his win though? Did you see any of the clips? I only funny enough, Josh. All I saw was when the guy had to engage him on the ground, like when the bell rang. He tried to pull guard and he couldn't. No, not even that. And then when the decision was given, that's the two things I saw. So MMA Junkie uploaded, I think, like ten, uh, ten minutes of the fight. Uh, it went all three rounds. So um, yeah, man. They, they missed some of it, but yeah, he's coached by Antonio McKee, funnily enough. So uh, I, I I did see that. I did he's that. dude. He's taking the shit seriously. If you're being coached by Antonio McKee, shit, the, Zion Clark, you know, fucking see like the sky's the limit for him as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's got a real coaching staff. Look, dude, I mean, he his win wasn't perfect. I saw the fight, and uh, he did okay. You know, I mean, like first fight. I mean, he's he's at a disadvantage. He's still, you know, he has no legs. So yeah. Yeah, has to work work around that. He can't. Uh, I'm, I mean, it's hard. I mean, literally for him to circle the ring, he has to use his arms and push forward to the side. You know, it's you correct. Know. Yeah, well, I mean, but I mean, there's certain things he avoids, like not you know, no leg kicks. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how head kicks work for him because he's on the ground, right? No, I mean, I'm saying this like not as a joke, but legitimately, Josh. I mean, he's technically a grounded opponent, right? So you mm-hmm. can't head kick him. On the ground. I think you can kick him to the chest, though. I think you can kick him in the chest, and you can kick him, like... Well, I don't know. It was funny, because I wrote about this, and I had somebody, like, like at me on Twitter. They're like, hey, so, like, are they allowed to kick him if he's a dad opponent? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, it's just like, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's actually a good question that's presented. Like, what, what do you do? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I just... I... I I don't know, man. All, all I can think about when I was watching the fights, he looks like a uh, fucking, um, oh my god. Hold on, I, I can't think of, I can't think of the name. Oh, what is it from? What is it? <laughs> it's gonna be really fucked up when I say it. But, uh, here, he, <laughs> yeah. he reminds me of fucking Geo, dude, dude. <laughs> oh my god, dude, but Geo G's fucking shredded, dude. I know, that's why I'm saying, and I mean that, and mean that in like a compliment. In a complimentary way, like he's he's a he's a IRL Geo dude. Dude, by the way, if you want to rock Geo dude as his fucking nickname, dude, I fucking pump that dude. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Gio, I don't dude. have it. I, don't look I like that though. Geo dude has fucking big arms, dude. It's a good comparison, is it not? And he won a fight, so good for him. He did. I mean, it looked like they said, man, if if Nick Newell can fight with with one arm, why can't this man fight with no legs? Yo, Nick Newell's fucking legit too. So who knows? I mean, Nick so. will fight fucking Justin Gaethje, dude. I mean, that's fucking as legit as it gets. He made it. He made it longer against Justin Gaethje than Donald Cerrone did. So <laughs> damn. 
There you go. But, uh, yeah, man, congrats, Zion Clark. Well, I'm very excited to see actually where this story goes and where his journey goes. I want to see how far you can take him, man. I hope, I hope he fights again and it's even, you know, more competitive, harder, and we see what he's made of. Correct. So, I mean, he's shown it his whole life, you know, so. Yeah. It'll be fun, though. I'm interested to see where it goes. But, uh, look, man, last bit of news. We knew that Derek Brunson was, uh, his goal was to retire this year. He's walked that back and all of that. He's saying that he wants four fights in 2023, Angel. What is your reaction? Um, Why not? Run it back. It's kind of where I'm at. I think he has more to offer. He's 39 years old. He is coming off of a loss, but I still think he has a fair bit to offer the game, man. I mean, he was so close to a title shot. I think at this point, like, if you win one more, you're right there, man. Yeah, but he's very highly ranked in the division. I mean, it'd be kind of like, I don't know. It's not like he's losing a lot. It's not like he's struggling. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Um, but, yeah, that's all we got for news for the day. Uh, it's definitely a bit of a shorter episode, but still made it over an hour. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I'm at Josh Shivenoff on Twitter. He's at Angel or Take on Score 01 at Courtside Sound for all things related show. Angel, any closing thoughts? It is the end of 2022, last episode of the year. Any message to the, the fans of the show? Holy shit, man. I can't believe it. You're right. It's actually the last episode of the year because when we come back, it'll be 2023. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, an- another great year, a lot of growth. Hopefully next year we see even more growth, a lot of change, uh, some amazing fights, some new faces, you know, all of that. And, uh, to another year, man. And it- it's been, it's been very fun and to many more. And, uh, I'm excited to to just, you know, hit episode 200, hit the anniversary, and um, keep it going. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct, man. And uh, look, man, we're going to hit 200 episodes soon. And um, look, dude, we're closing out uh, 2022 on a, on, a, on a fucking hot note. So hope you guys enjoyed the show, man. And I hope that you guys stay with us on this journey. We're improving week to week, I feel like. And uh, look, man, very, very excited for 2023. Hope you guys enjoyed Rogue Energy and Elixir. So once again, sponsor the show. Court sound off for 10% off. Hope you guys enjoyed. As always, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.